What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Today's the day you've been waiting for. We are putting on sale tickets to the Bad Christian Conference 2019. Uh, some of you know about it, and some of you don't. We'll talk a little bit about it in the episode, but it's Valentine's Day weekend. starts the day after Valentine's Day in February. It's in Dallas, Texas, and the only people right now that can buy tickets are people in the BC Club. We'll call it the Early Bird, the tickets for the conference which is going to be bigger and badder and more time and more everything than last year. Details coming is uh, the tickets are $200, but you get them right now for $150. So $50 off, obviously, if you're inside the BC Club. And so I'm not giving you a URL or a website to go to or anything. Just if you're a club member, you'll see an email today or tomorrow, something like that, and you will know and you will get it. If you're not in the BC Club, join it immediately and you'll... You know, it costs you $7 to join the BC Club, and you'll have the opportunity to buy a ticket. If not, you got to wait just a little bit longer to have the website and all the other stuff, and we'll still try to have early discounted tickets for you guys, too. But the surest way is to be in the BC Club. Also, I want to reiterate to everybody that if you want the new Emory album, you can have the whole thing today with any pre-order. Pre-order a CD or one of our beautiful vinyl that we have, and that's at emorymusic.com. And you can get the whole album that everybody's talking about today. Uh, and I'm very, very happy for more and more people to hear it. The response has been terrific. And one other announcement I want to give you, too, and that is the BC Roadshow that is going up the East Coast in November has just added a new act, and it's an act that you're going to love. He is legend. He is legend. Is a band that we toured with a long time ago. They were on Tooth and Nail. They're quite in our scene. Uh, we've got a lot of overlap of fans, and we hadn't seen them in a while. And I'm very excited to get to tour with them again. So he is legend is on the road show. Also, that's kind of like a mini conference. If you can't make it to Dallas, or even if you can, that's bcroadshow.com for tickets there or again emorymusic.com I'm sure you'll be able to find them but that's going to be a terrifically fun show Bad Christian Podcast will be on it Tyson Matzenbacher and Vocal Few and a whole bunch more alright also today's show is sponsored by HoneyBook you can automate your creative business with HoneyBook's business management platform you get 50% off your first year by going to honeybook.com and use the promo code BADCHRISTIAN. And today's episode also sponsored by Blue Apron. You can check out this week's menu and get your first three meals for free by visiting blueapron.com slash badchristian. That's your first three meals for free at blueapron.com slash badchristian. Let's do it. Oh, hell yeah, God showed up. I don't give a shit what I put in my body. You don't ever f- talk to me that way. <laughs> so if you've never done oral, then you're extra virgin. No, girl, it's my pleasure. I, I showed my dad my penis when I was 25 years old. You don't get more honest than that. Three, two, one. Dun, dun, dun. Cast out all the bad vibes, all the bad demons, all the bad. Can you sing a melody? Like, bad so I, I rap is hip hop. Yeah, fun. but I just established like some sort of a Tonality. melodic rhythm line. You said Melania. Went... All right, Toby, kick a better. Mo- do, do something a little more Melania this time. Okay, a little more Melania. Oh, bad Christian. Oh, bad Christian. Okay, okay, all right. Okay, so we're okay. Uh, well, this God, episode, as you can tell, Joey's takeover. Go ahead. This is Joey's takeover episode. System. Get it out. Whatever you got to get out, shit it out. 
<laughs> I smell it, so shit it out. No, okay, no. Here's what I have to get Joey out. Joey takeover episode. Here's what I have to get out. I'm turning over a new leaf. Uh-huh. I'm sorry, Matthew. Will you please okay. proceed? I apologize. He okay. doesn't mean it, Matt. He's a, a liar. I'm sorry for asserting myself at the beginning of the episode. I need to be more of a you team player. Me. You just need to be on more the, of a team the, player. It's not more of a team player. Just no, be, I need to be more of a team player. No, Toby, have not, my back on this. He's hopped up on his I'll cholesterol medicine need and to treats be us more, like assholes. No, I'll satisfy for normal person. You don't Toby, have to be team player. Just Toby, be what does it mean person? when Matt takes the side of his yeah. mouth and mm-hmm. goes, like something's really interesting, yeah. and you see Matt over there. And I don't he's know. Like, we should we should poll the audience what they think that looks like. Yeah, right go now. ahead, show them again, <laughs> and then we'll like, ask the audience. I can't. Like, I'm what? telling you, the side of his mouth is open. Why? Like this we, is an audio. I know, version but I, of a I just show. described it. I described it. No, you just there opened times, your mouth and said, "What is this?" When Matt opens times, his mouth, there are times when we're talking about something super interesting, and I look over at Matt, and he's like, "That's a tick." He's. It's a tick. I'm insecure about it. He's a tick. It. That's why I do audio, it. because then nobody can see it. Okay. That's, that's right. why I found this. Right. Hey, well, do y'all, do y'all notice people's ticks? I do. Oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> like, I I know, I see ticks, and I'm like, oh, I think it's a little endearing, but it's like, it's very revealing. Anyway, speaking of ticks, I'm very nervous about the BC Roadshow. What does that have to do with ticks? Because I'm nervous, and I'm getting them. Oh, you're from getting ticks. <laughs> what, what are you nervous about with the BC Roadshow? How awesome it's going to be, and oh. how, how do we, like... It's going to be so fun and so good that, that I know we have to do it again. So, like, it's okay. never going to end. Imagine knowing, okay, think about this. Imagine the person that created the Super Bowl goes, damn it, now i got to do this for the rest of my life because it's this <laughs> awesome. Right. Well, actually, That's, I, you know I, I mean? would say the first Super Bowl, it wasn't even – did you know the first Super Bowl was not called the Super Bowl when they had the, when they You're totally missing the point. Yeah. I just, just – I thought that was interesting. <laughs> yeah, I know, but we don't really want to go do that right now. I'm we, trying to talk about the BC yeah. Roadshow. No, but think about it. Good Lord. <laughs> well, I I think you'd be nervous about it succeeding, but there's also, the, how about the nervousness of it'll fail? It can't fail. <laughs> I know God's hand is all over this. That's, it, I have it. I, that's, that's, that's like, a, it's not a frustration for me, but it's funny from my point of view because it's, it's so difficult to do something <laughs> different than right. normal and people are used to. Yes, and so that's I, why people don't do it. I know. And so that is the crunch to me. And then it's mm. even funnier to worry that other people like you are worried about it being too successful. Meanwhile, <laughs> over at my world, I have a little bit of a different problem, which is add this, revenue this, amount of tickets right. that, managing the person running the Facebook ads. Are we messaging? Like I just realized that we've been talking about the roadshow the whole time. And we've not done any promotion for an Emory concert. Oh, yeah. Which is like, of course, the main thing. That's true. We don't have ads running for that. Nothing. We just we forgot about that part, which is actually the foundation because we got more consumed with trying to message this right. difficult to message new idea that we're trying to. I mean, right. and there's a lot of movies. Because we parts, were planning an, gotta, our, our Emory tour. And then we said, right. what if we turned the Made Emory tour into this thing? Yeah. So, so it is the Emory tour is the yeah, foundation. So now we need to focus on that a little bit. We've been talking about the Emory album, so now we need to connect those Heck things yeah. really well and say, don't you want to come see the new Emory? Emory's going to be playing new songs. Yes, it's going to be will. great. It's going to be a huge rock show. We've got to figure out how to develop some ads to do that and get the buzz going on that because the VIP, the spe- not VIP, I don't like using that language. I told myself not to say VIP. Yep. The special mini-con part of the conference and all that um, – that's we've been messaging that and selling that pretty well, but we got we forgot about the rock concert part. That's foundation. right. So now we're going to work on that, get everybody hyped up. We'll have the Emory, hopefully the vinyl. Reba, does it look like the vinyl? Maybe there. Did you get an update on that? 
Well, it's, it's going to be cutting it it's, close. It's going to it's going to be close. <laughs> it's going to be close. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So there's a, a certain amount of stress is <laughs> going on from my point of view. But we'll have a Vinyl new album out. So we should scary. have the vinyl. We're doing this whole new thing. We're bringing several bands. Try, we got to work on the bus and get the more bunks in here to pull it off. Right. And it, I mean, it's going to be fun. But this is the part that is not fun. Right. This is the part that's not fun and it's stressful. So this you is the wanna... part that I have no problem helping you. I can help. Well, just you work on the vinyl. Okay. Make sure it gets there. I'll get that. Okay. And I'll also and set then up also the venues do for all the ads, Get the ads going and get higher conversion okay. rates and make sure the ticket sales. And I'll find are... the best and venues let me know for when... you guys for yeah. Emory. We have we have the venues. Yeah, we have the venues. Yeah. That part we we the got venues that. is no problem. Yeah, with we venues. could really use like your help. Promotion is, is there at the moment. I'll butter up the owners. <laughs> but we have a good product. We got to message it well and then deliver it. Once we get there and have these people with those people, that's going to go good. So, I, that part, I, the, whoever shows up there and us are going to have a great time. So Toby, when you say, I know you're kind of joking, but when you say we can't fail. What are you talking about as far as a great product or as far as something that's great and replicable? Yeah. All right, Matt. Yeah. He's not taking me seriously. I mean, I, I like God's hand is all over it. It. <laughs> it, it. it hurts my feelings when you don't take me serious at all. You could, the least you could do is just show a little bit. Any of, hands besides God's all over it is always bad, but God's hands all over it is always good. That is so true. <laughs> Anytime you've ever said his you hands were all over. You put your hands all over Your it. hands were all over that. Bad. God's hands on it. Thank you, Good. Jesus. BC Road He can be a little handsy. So that answers times, the question that you asked me. <laughs> so God's hands are all handsy. over this. <laughs> Don't you think he can be a little handsy at yeah. times? Think I, of all the stuff yeah. God's touched. I wasn't really ready for it, and then God's hand was on my life. It made me feel a little awkward. <laughs> but I, I, did, I wasn't. I mean, I you know I get it, but this. A little uncomfortable there, <laughs> but I think it'll be fun. I mean, it's a good fun. It'd be a good time for football, actually. Oh, I didn't even think about this, but um, are we gonna we're gonna have to miss football games for this stuff? It's during a, probably a good football week or something. I don't think where, so. What about? I, well, I, ask Reva. She know, yeah. she'll know the details. Where are we gonna be on? Are we going on a weekend? Where will we be? Yeah, we'll be in Lynchburg on Saturday, November tenth. Oh God, the recall. Playing the Glass House. Okay, and then Sunday, and the eleventh, Teaneck, New Jersey, at Debonair Music Hall. Oh, so Clemson and Green Bay might have games. Do y'all know if Clemson or Green Bay has games? Like yeah, what, or when I they think are. So, I I I always can you look, look it like up? the week before. I guess I can. Well, Clemson I mean, is at Boston College oh playing Alumni Stadium. Oh, that's huh. a bigger game. Kinda. The game is TBD, yeah. but should be early. Okay, okay that's kind of cool. And then Green Bay, I don't know. I can probably look it up too. Let me but see. I think well, I Green mean, Bay hosts Miami at Lambeau, one p.m. Eastern. Oh, oh, so we wow. should yeah. be able to watch that too. Yeah. Are y'all excited? Do you think that Green Bay is in good shape this year so far? Or that I you're personally pretty do. Devastated? Nope, nope. Uh, I mean, the number of times Rogers has said "relax" yeah. and we're going to run the tables, and he said "f everybody." I haven't been do following this. it really yeah. that good, but Clemson feels kind of good. You yeah, know? I think yes. Clemson's good. And you know? I think that weekend, Reba said that we're going to be playing Boston College. They are a good team. They just lost. So I think we'll be told. I haven't really been I mean, paying attention. I don't well, think they're that Boston dangerous. College, at all. I don't really know. Well, uh, Boston's QB. I mean, Anthony Brown. He's murdering everybody right now. What? Like, yeah, Brown leads the nation in passer rating, two forty point eighteen. Lord. And the dude is second in yards per pass and hasn't even come close to throwing an interception. The Eagles are three and one, Tiger fans. Wow. Wow. Okay. Well, yeah. I guess okay, we, yeah. I suppose Kinda we knows every, everything at all. What's, Lord, a, what's the distance to Pluto from here? Good, Good God. Good God. Okay. <laughs> well, we got something else. <laughs> it looks like football will be taken care of a little bit, but we have another uh, special thing today. Maybe I'll say this in the intro and it'll be in the show notes, but 
the BC Club now has access to start buying early bird tickets to BC Con. Yes, you can. So those are baby. now open. So the first thing I'll tell you is you should, if you're thinking about joining the BC Club, it costs you seven dollars as an entry level to join the BC right. Club. Well, you get fifty dollars off your conference ticket. So if you want to scam us, the smart play is sign up for the BC Club. For seven dollars, buy your conference ticket and then cancel your BC Club membership <laughs> right away, and you will have received a forty-three dollar discount on your conference ticket. That's an unwise decision. Taylor's not getting to unbelievable do that. cancellations of BC. <laughs> right. So that would be the best way that I advise for you to save yeah. forty-three dollars and get your Unless ticket. Unless you're a good person. Well, yeah, you care about the I'm, Lord. I'm making exactly. a pretty, right thing. I'm pretty making a bet that they are good people, and that once they get they in the are. club, they will stay anyway. Yeah, they have and to. I know what the lifetime God's value of a club member is, club. so when I run those numbers, I know that they work out in our favor. Yeah, but nonetheless, if that's what you want to do, I got no problem with it because we want everybody to come to the conference. That's we want true. everybody to give the club a chance and continue to do that. But it, the tickets are two hundred dollars for the conference. We added an extra day. We have the venue locked down. All the details and stuff that we want to share are on the website. The rest will be updated over time. But we'll be in Dallas. It will be in Deep Ellum, which is the cool part of uh you know the artsy, artsy. part with tons of awesome stuff there. John we Zook the, own that. I don't know. We have a deep no. It's deep unrelated Allen. to that. No, unrelated. <laughs> uh, the, the old old school yeah. emo label, right? John yeah, Zook, Deep, deep Elm Records. He named it after Deep Elm. That's, oh, that's no. so we have a venue there. It's got. We're doing. We're adding an extra day, so we're going to have the whole venue party, uh, registration, mingling, and some events going on yeah. on Friday. So we'll even be doing stuff in the conference place on Friday, and of course we have a big rock concert on Saturday yeah. night. We'll be announcing the bands. It looks like Emory will probably play, of course, and we're going to have a big concert that night. That yeah. is included when you get the ticket. They're going to be. There's going to be a Valentine's ball on oh, Sunday man, night. Man. We'll have an open bar there. We'll figure Joey's out the doing bar a situation. Dunking booth baptismal, or do you mm-hmm. throw a ball and you somebody if they hits it. They get dunked and baptized, but it's a real baptism. Yeah, it can't sound like it's not any good. So you have to. It'll be funny. It's just a fun way of doing it. Yeah, one hundred percent. But if you don't make it, like if you miss, then that person doesn't. It does cost an extra dollar, right? I got a question about human behavior, real quick. I just want to stop you. So you don't want to promote the thing that we is our entire world of business and everything's important. No, Matt just said, and we're. We're almost. We're probably Can you even relate it to the. Con? We're most definitely going to be playing. Like you said, probably as Emory, we're going to be playing. You know, you're going to be playing. Why'd you use the word probably? Probably or maybe. I don't have a hundred percent certainty on that. Right. I mean, so I said probably to leave myself an out. I don't. Who knows? I didn't check. What if Josh we don't need to play? Work schedule. What, what, what if know. there happen to be other bands? Are there you heading to back to Seattle tomorrow? Yes. Well, you don't. You're not certain. I'm not certain. God. But I have a high enough degree of certainty that that will happen. I, I, have just, a less... I think you know that Emory's playing. I don't I know why you think that they will. That way. You know, I don't have time for this. So I, go ahead. I don't understand why Jared ran from your Pastor No Answers podcast. Right. <laughs> I don't understand why why he ran from it. There's, there's no clues that you've left to let me know why your brother, the only brother you have, ran from the podcast. <laughs> so I don't, I'm not giving you a website or URL to go buy the thing other than to say, go to the BC Club, join the BC Club get your tickets there and if you're in the bc club go ahead you guys got i assume an email and links in the facebook group and all we'll we'll make sure that you guys have all the ability to purchase tickets so as you're hearing this the tickets are going let me do say this we have we're making it bigger this year so we're opening up at least twice as many tickets as last year last year the tickets sold out in less than 48 hours 
So yes. I don't think they're all, we have bigger capacity, so I don't want to incite an actual panic in anybody. I think there'll be tickets soon, and if we have to increase the capacity, we may consider doing that. But I do think these tickets will go fast. So even if you're in the yeah. club, you know, let's let's knock the first set of tickets out here in the next few days, and then we'll decide when and how to open them up further. But, you know, 150 bucks to get a ticket now, and again, it'll include drinks, it'll include some coffee, some other stuff, three days of programming, you know, get your Airbnbs, get your flights, get your budget, ask your time off work, here we go. And then everybody else will give you a, a link. Don't dilly soon, dally. In a couple is what of Matt's weeks saying. too. Yeah, mm-hmm. don't dilly dally. But everybody Texas. else will. Open you know it. how Texas folks are. They, they, they might try to make it all Texans. I didn't They'll, say even the, say the date. Uh, Joey's got me so thrown off here. But the 15th, 16th, and 17th. So it's Valentine's weekend. You have Valentine's Day on Thursday. You do your thing, and then conference on Friday, and we'll do a Valentine's ball Sunday night. All right, before we go any further, i got to tell you about a new sponsor of the podcast called HoneyBook, and it's terrific. I know a ton of our listeners are freelancers or entrepreneurs. Some people call it solopreneur. That's a new term for me, but I get it. And I'll tell you what some of the biggest challenges are is you want to put everything into your part of your business, like making the business and doing the work. And, of course, when you're first starting out and beyond – Doing all the follow-up and the details and all that stuff, it can be crushing and very time-consuming, and it's probably stuff that you're not maybe the best at anyway, and HoneyBook can really help with that. HoneyBook is a purpose-built business management platform for creative small businesses, so yeah, you don't have to hire an operations guy or business manager. No, you can get HoneyBook and you'll be in good shape. They help people like photographers and designers, event professionals, anything. It's a solopreneur kind of a thing. Save hundreds, if not thousands of hours a year by adding all this time-saving automation into their business. You hear people say automation is going to take all your jobs. That's not the way to think of automation. How about you get automation working for you and your job. HoneyBook makes it easy to streamline the client process so you never miss a thing. Here's some stuff that I was thinking about that, that's been really, really difficult uh, and a challenge for us. And that's stuff like uh, making really good reports that can you know track our bookings and our business leads and things you have like that. Uh, we use QuickBooks and QuickBooks integrates with HoneyBook. So that's really good. It syncs payments. So just imagine being able to keep up really, really well with your accounts receivable and payable and have your bank account balance. They've got 10 Templates for proposals and contracts. It's it's terrific. It can it has a built-in time tracker, and there's just more things than I could than I can name. But they all used to be separate things. You can get them all mixed together right in HoneyBook, and it will save you a ton of uh, time. And of course, saving time makes you money. You can get and book clients faster. And here's another thing: just looking professional with their customizable uh, branding and templates for the stuff that you send to your clients, that matters a ton because you don't want your clients seeing the stuff you hacked together in a spreadsheet and sent to them. So we partnered with HoneyBook to offer Bad Christian listeners 50% off the first year of HoneyBook with the promo code BADCHRISTIAN. So you can join 75,000 creative business professionals who use HoneyBook to power their business to greater heights. So I'm asking you, go to HoneyBook.com today and use the promo code BADCHRISTIAN to get started. And again, that's HoneyBook.com, promo code BADCHRISTIAN. And that's what I got. Now let's do a Twisted Scripture. All right, Mm, Twisted Scripture. I'm very excited about this. Twisted Scripture! Twisted Scripture! 
All right, well, you guys have heard the whole God is good all the time, yeah. all the time God is good. Oh, no. Well, see, I'm not going to necessarily take... <laughs> Sorry. You went really nasally, and it, we lined up exactly. Sorry. Oh, gotcha. Well, I'm not going to take necessarily a specific Did you scripture. get mad just then? Like, I interrupted you, and you got mad at me. Why'd you think I got mad? I didn't get mad. Your face looked really mad. Huh. I'm just saying, you. I interrupted you, and you got mad. I didn't mean to... I hope this is... Hopefully this twist of scripture is about anger. Yeah, I didn't mean to come across that way. I didn't feel yeah, angry. I just feel bad you. for Priscilla. So anyway, I'm not going to take specific scriptures. You as take out far the trash, as, and you look at Priscilla like that. She asks but, you, "Can you take out the trash?" But Christians definitely read their Bibles, and they, Do they see, and they see God as someone who is just, "Hey, He's good all the time." So I've been thinking with this hurricane that hit the East Coast, still God affecting South Carolina and all that stuff. Well, now I've been thinking about the certain things that... So it's made me question as far as what we are thinking when we say God is good all the time. I'm not sure if that's true. I just not. Yeah. And then, Toby, you've said something recently. You told me if God, God doesn't is, exist. No. You, <laughs> oh. you, said if God is, you said if God is real, you yeah. know he's going to take care of your needs. Right. I don't know if I believe that. I do. Okay. I want to. So let me just give you kind of a snapshot on on where I'm coming from here. All right. So a lot of people that in Charleston. Like I come from a place of privilege, too, to be able to say that. So. Right. So let's just say right now in Charleston, a lot of people are actually saying, man, God, the good Lord spared us from Florence, mm-hmm. which is basically Even meaning. Other people weren't. <laughs> which is basically meaning he screwed a bunch of people, but Charleston, he kind of had our back. So in other words, what we're saying is, you know, somebody would say, yeah, God is good. Uh, exactly, he's good all the time. Well, he was good to Charleston. Yeah, simultaneously being very bad to people in Georgetown County, Conway, South Carolina, North Carolina, and all of that. So it's like when we pray, Lord. And and here's another thing that I learned during the storm is the number of people in Charleston. And I used to do this that say, well, before we do anything, let's pray that the storm goes back to sea. I've never seen God answer that prayer ever. And we always say, well, well some God, hurricanes turn away, don't they? Sure. But I've never seen like a hurricane that is clearly yep. heading toward, and we say, hey, let's pray that it goes back to sea. There's nothing that God can't do. I agree with that, but I've never seen it happen. Yep. I've never seen that being an answer to prayer. Another thing that happened recently is someone actually said, my wife has an interview. I really want her to get this. Please ask for God's favor and that his will will be done. If you're asking for his favor, you're not concerned about God doing exactly his will. You're saying, I want your favor mm-hmm. and do whatever you want. No, you think, can't that, ask for both. Yeah, that but, lady but died they, in a horrific boating accident. But they, 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 I mean, they, they say, yeah, but we, we, God wants the, they just tie it together. Some other scriptures say God wants the best for us, so his favor is what we're asking for, and we know that's his will. Right, but then don't say, don't even say anything about his will then. Just say... Or don't, or don't say something about his favor. Or don't you say anything at all. One, or, one or, you know, or don't say anything up. at all. Yeah, know. we've been going to church. All right, so last thing. Hold on, I, last thing, and then I want to hear. Favor, but I, I, just, I don't want to bounce, I'll leave that one thing. Okay. It's interesting you bring this up because it, it came up in my mind. The p- pastor at our church was talking about you should pray for God's favor. And that's what I'm saying. I feel like I must have it already. Right. That, there's no way I can't have God's favor. I almost right. about we're here. Yeah. That's no, my point. No, for sure. And then. So going to what you've said, Toby, and you, you know, you're always trying to encourage me when you say this, but you're just like, you know, when it comes to money, when it comes to this, when it comes to that, first of all, I'm not literally concerned that 
I'm not going to have my needs supplied. I'm in America. I'm middle class. I got stuff in the refrigerator for crying out loud. So I'm not even worried about that. But, but, we, think, but we think along the lines of, oh, God's definitely going to supply our needs. I don't know. Like, think about all the Christians that are in third world countries that are drinking dirty water and their kids are going to die tonight or they're going to die tonight. Yeah. Diseases or even people in America that right. say, well, I... I need like I need survival, and yet I'm about to die of cancer. God, well, I don't right. see God. So here's I my mean, your theory. needs would include needing to survive a car accident. Right, but that doesn't happen for right. many people. Exactly. I mean, Psalms, that, if, what else is a need other than like could, we actually claim the passage in Psalms where he says he won't let one foot strike the other, and we say, oh, I'm standing on that for my kids' protection. And then he gets killed in a motorcycle accident. And then it's like, well, wait a second. So all this to say is, I think that this sort of thing, so like when Toby says, no, he'll supply all of your needs. If you have eternity as the context, then I think maybe all of these promises are true. But wouldn't you say it's healthy to just rethink how we pray for storms to come or not to come, how we assess what God did in terms of a storm not hitting Charleston, but then hitting a, another area, like would it be healthy not to even talk in a formulaic way when it comes to this kind of stuff? Because it seems like the general feel in the air is we all know we're full of shit, but we're still saying it. This yeah, way. I think you're right, but I don't think it's because you need to come down on the side of there's no God or he can't do anything or he's bad or he's limited power. I don't really think that is. I'm not necessarily saying that either. No, I know, but I'm saying the the, the incongruency here to me is the way people talk is so goofy and false that they're not being real with themselves either. There's a more honest way. I I think there's a more honest way. Like, you know, when you hear a newscaster talking, you're like, this sounds fake. And when you hear somebody praying goofy stuff that seems illogical in a formal way, it's like, well, it just, it says, I don't, I don't have to analyze or know all the theology. I just feel like, well, why is this normal person playing a goofy doing a goofy thing at this yeah. moment. It feels right. goofy. Even if it was in a foreign language, I would say, what? This normal person that was talking, expressing themselves about what they want, what they're after, what they think is true, what's not, and then all of a sudden they entered this goofy, and now I, I mean, they just start whatever praying right. becomes. And then if you analyze the content, it becomes pretty nonsensical like or illogical or inconsistent with itself very often, right. but it doesn't matter. So really, that must be just an expression of a person that really should sound way more like, I'm scared, I don't know what to do, I need some help. Like, right. Those things would sound totally normal as prayers. Yeah. And that is expressing, and I really want this job, and I think I'll resent my husband forever if I don't get the opportunity to go have this job. Whatever it is, yeah. there's a plenty of expressive truth that I'm sure makes for good prayer. Yeah. But when but when people, like, you start invoking these weird things and being not being a normal person, the way you're talking. So that lets me, it's like the the words you're saying and the character you're in is goofy. Yeah. It doesn't, re, we don't need to push on the side of is God good or bad. And like, yeah. the, it's all nonsense logic anyway when people pray because they're just being in a goofy mode. Well, and, and let's, and let's, let's bring this down into a way simpler thing that people can maybe relate to more. Let's say there is wildfires and you basically wake up one morning and your house is sitting there but your neighbor's houses are completely burned up. Mm -hmm. They're gone. And you go out there and to witness to your neighbor, you say, 
we prayed last night and God is good. Yeah. But he, that's he just answered. bad conclusions from bad arguments in the first place. Or so un, they or made a goofy prayer altogether. and then a bad conclusion. And then now they're, I mean, that's just, it's just incorrect. They've done an incorrect thing there. Right. I mean, I literally grew up thinking because Jesus said, you're going to do greater things than me, which I see that as more quantitative than qualitative. But I actually thought if I could muster up the amount of faith that is needed for this, I could walk on water. When God, when Jesus says, point to the mountain and toss it and move the mountain mm-hmm. away, I really thought there's something that I could probably do. I don't have access to it because I'm not smart enough or spiritual enough, but it's there, and I could do that. I could just point to a mountain. and like Those are the sorts of things that we were told to just accept at face value, and I think this is a little more sneaky of one, but I think God's goodness and how we perceive it is another one that we just accept at face value with, oh, here's how I interpret God's goodness. But I'm sorry, if you're saying that God was good to Charleston, then you're also saying he was not good to the other areas in which he's not good well, all the time. Well, that's just like the football players. You know, when they win, God really saw us through. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay. But, yeah. I mean, uh, well, the, the I mean Russell Wilson loses is, a lot of football so games. So does God so supply the, all of our the, needs? Yeah, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like you, You're looking at it and in a way that it diminishes what you're actually saying, or it's... It, it's arbitrary what you're saying good or bad is. Right. 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 That's the problem. Right. So it might actually be in the whole scheme of things, if there is a heaven and stuff like that, if you die tonight, your needs were met and in a hurricane, or if you die tonight of a heart attack, or if you die tonight of cancer, whatever, you're going to die. But, to, but so some but, sound worse, but that's just our But you preference. don't really that's mean that we, when no, you listen, say hold on. needs. I'm saying that you, what Joey's saying is God doesn't always meet our needs, but what are our needs? What are they actually? Because uh, you're now saying you, what you might need is to die. So, now, now, but that's we've no, got. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you you think dying is bad, right? I okay, do. I'm not saying you need to die. I'm saying I think death is bad, right? That's the only vision I have for it. The only the only thing when I don't have food or enough money to pay a bill. I, I'm scared to death and my needs aren't met, but I only see it one way. I'm on one track and that's it. I'm saying outside of it, if there is a heaven, there's a God, and there's all these things, maybe the the, the way we look at good and bad isn't that. Yeah, so I, that you're saying possible. God caused the hurricane and God saved the ba- baby's life. God's both of those. So all, my whole point is maybe we are looking at everything wrong, and, and maybe what we're saying is bad that God's doing is bad because we say it is, yeah, not because he says right. it. Right, so when you say God will meets your needs, but you might need to be tortured and die. Okay. Of course you won't so, agree so to what, that. So what are we talking about? Right, right. So, so you don't, I mean, if you define needs as, well, I need to not be tortured. Yeah, of course which I, I would. feel is a need. I agree. And so when I pray for I needs, that's that the is only way exactly I what right, I mean. Right. But it may turn out that what I need is to die. Okay, but and still, my prayer was pretty nonsensical. I'm just saying, right. what? then what's the prayer? Right, and let, let's just face it. There are a lot of Christians that drowned, and they're dead, and God didn't supply them the air they need. They didn't need it. They needed to die, though. So I, if you want to you know, change the word, what you mean by need, but that's not what they meant when they prayed for their needs to be met. Right. That right. isn't what they meant. So whatever they did meant did not happen and right. was wrong. So I just think it is too simple. Uh, you right. can't just toss around the phrase, and this is knocking Toby, you can't just toss around the phrase, oh, the human needs that you have on this earth, God's got it no matter what. Because No, you, you can. That's true. Uh, or you wouldn't be here. You have oxygen. 
You have blood pumping right now. But the every track single, but some every single don't human that's alive. To have oxygen. But the track all, record. No, yeah, but they do right now. The person that is alive that you're talking to, you're not talking about the dead people, you're talking to live people. Uh-huh. The live people right now have uh, are, are alive. They're conscious. They're doing all uh-huh. stuff. So all I'm saying is on the very most basic level, you have something right now that God's already met needs. And yeah. you're saying, in spite of those needs, I need more. These needs are also, I want a better but when life quality. For- and that, I'm, I'm saying I agree with that. I'm but- not going to ever say a wreck is good or dying of cancer is good. And I'm, I do think it's okay to talk to God about that. My point is we look at it and say, well, God didn't meet all my – you're blaming God that your needs weren't met. As opposed to, I mean, maybe well, you. For you the have record, I'm not mad at God about this. I think He does have all my needs. Maybe we met, should be. Even. And because we only can see it one way, right? But I, I'm just saying that my needs are ultimately going to be met, but it may be post death. But that's not right. how people read those verses. Sure. They say, "No, He's going. You, you need water. You don't live in a place where there's clean water. Right. God I mean, will get it to you somehow." Deep, but but what do you what do you? I mean, you agree that you need water and oxygen tomorrow, but you may yes. not receive them, and you'll be yes. dead. So yes. then you can't, that's right. not the type of need yes. you were talking about. But, then. but also, I you pray did tomorrow, have what you I, pray tomorrow you I don't have cancer or get bit by a scorpion and get infected and I die. I'm saying, no matter what the guarantee, when as soon as you're born, the guarantee is you will die of something. Yeah. And then we put weight on some of them as bad. Or even, you don't, you did, you I'm do just not talking think, about you, what you Joey mean by the word think, need. But. Joey's grandma didn't get something she need and she passed away at 94. He did not think of it as bad as if she would have sure. died at 24 sure. in a car accident. No, that's uh, fine. That's what I'm saying. So we weigh well, that out. But I'm just the saying of, it's may, not God's weight no, of good know, and bad. But, but it may it's be ours. true that we don't need to breathe or exist or live. Okay. That's fine. If you want to define need as there are no yeah. such thing as needs. I, I'm not sure diminishing tragedy and bad stuff that people are going through. You're right. People in third world countries right now don't have what they need. I understand that. But if we actually really even cared that's what I'm saying. Even what we're saying is arbitrary because how many people do we know in the world right now are in third world countries and die and it's terrible? Say, we don't do anything about it. That's yeah, true. that's terrible. We don't even do anything because you don't really even care. So I mean, what we're even saying is bad. We don't think it's that bad. It's, I'm, I'm okay to live here and be an American. Think of it. Well, there, think the of, implied language that you're missing there is what you need to live or what you need to live well or what you need to live comfortably. Or what you need to live eternally. You know? yeah. I'm saying yeah. those aren't. A lot of those aren't needs. A lot of those are wants. Imagine Ananias and Sapphira well, just what reading the word. Name, name, name a single I need. I understand what you are saying. No, I'm just saying name one need that you know God will meet since you okay. know God will meet your needs. Name one. The need one. you're talking about is a need that keeps you alive. You're not talking about a, that's, a need that's that a, is a need. Has been, yes, that's that, one. That, that is a need. But you're not I talking agree. about that kind. It's a need to stay alive. It's not a, a need to be in connection with God and the universe and the afterlife right. and all those things. So it's not... I'm saying it's arbitrary to us. It's a need in my brain. You're right. But it may not be. A I have to, God. Right. So there's no thing of saying God will meet my physical needs. You don't believe that. Well, we got to wrap this up. And all that to say is I don't want to. This I don't, is a heated twist of scripture. I you want, twisted it. I want to let people know is I trust God fully. This isn't a matter of me being like, oh, I feel so insecure with God. It's just you that. You trust him to fully not. I trust your God needs. fully. <laughs> I trust him fully. Or I trust God, I would say. But I do not have any confidence that all my physical needs will be met by him and I'll have enough oxygen to not drown. I don't think that would mean to God. Right. Or I wouldn't be dead. I wouldn't be going to die. So so. you do not believe God will provide your physical needs. That is not guaranteed that he will provide your physical needs then. You don't believe that. I think God gave me everything I need until I die. So we have a guest that's going to be joining us. It's quite a privilege too. 
he would actually probably get a little chuckle out of our conversation, but it'd be a very respectful chuckle because he's not here to insult Christians. He's here to make all Americans take a double look at our history and just how we perceive the world and how we really are different from all the other countries. We live in a fantasy land. That's the book that he wrote. Matt turned me on to it. We finally got to sit down and talk with him. Remarkable guy. All right, folks, uh, you've heard me talk about Blue Apron before. You've heard me say that they're my favorite vegetables in the world. I'm not a vegetable person, and Blue Apron's vegetables are just amazing. But today, I kind of want to say something a little different. It comes in this awesome package, and it just shows up at my door. And the reason why I want to mention this is food shows up at my door. I, I, I pick it out online. My wife picks it out online, and we just have awesome, delicious meals brought right to our door. And literally about 30 minutes later after getting to my door, we have a meal that tastes amazing. Farm fresh ingredients right to my door. Seriously, Blue Apron is trying to make uh, home cooking incredible. I mean, that, that's amazing and accessible for folks like you and me. Uh, if My wife is an amazing cook, but I can actually make Blue Apron meals. Me. Toby Morrell can actually make a delicious, I mean, I want to call it pro, (laughs) pro meal that makes me seem like I'm a great chef or a cook or something like that to where uh, we have friends over or whatever. I cook a blue apron meal. Oh my gosh, I look just smart for the first time in my life. I love it. You get to choose uh, chef design recipes. They deliver fresh, seasonally inspired ingredients. Cook, and you get to cook incredible meals in as little as 20 minutes. Seriously, it's unbelievable. Dinner in as little as 20 minutes. I mean, it's unreal. Uh, You get to choose everything your way. Kind of, you know, you get to decide what you want to eat and get it delivered right to your door. Whether you're looking for a quick and easy meal or a full culinary cooking experience, Blue Apron lets you choose from a range of recipes and options, and you get out of your cooking rut. That's a big thing. Sometimes you just get, uh, we'll just do this. We'll just stick with mac and cheese. We'll just do, no, we're going to, we get Blue Apron and our whole family eats it and we get to, our taste buds get to explode into flavor creations we never thought. So check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free. I said free, first three meals, free at blueapron.com slash badchristian. That's blueapron.com slash badchristian to get your first three meals free. Blue Apron, it's just a better way to cook. I just had to say, first of all, this is such a pleasure. Um, In fact, I I got into, I've never been a big reader. I've always had a hard time with reading because I'm not good at it. And I've I've been doing podcasting, and then I got into audiobooks. And now I am an avid consumer of books and I feel like a real person, a smarter person and a better person. And your fantasy land was one of the first books that I got into. It didn't even occur to me that I could have a conversation with you on our podcast. And so we wound up talking about the book on the show just because we found the topic so riveting and the book was good. I made Joey read it and he's gone through it. And then we discussed it on the podcast. And then somebody said, well, why don't we try to get Kurt Anderson on the podcast? And then we did. So this is quite pleasant for me. Good. Well, and we can, you know, uh, all from audio book to audio conversation, we're seamless. That's right. (laughs) And uh, I think a lot of our listeners, too, have gotten the book since we've discussed it. So I think they'll get a kick out of this episode. Yes, we've probably helped you sell six or seven books. So you're welcome for that. Oh, wow. I owe you, I don't know, 20 bucks, man. (laughs) You owe us 20 bucks. Out of curiosity, have have you talked to anyone who identified themselves as Christians have who have read your book and liked it and embraced it? it or is this a first? 
Yeah, I have. Um, uh, I, in fact, so, some of the my favorite uh, email I got I get a lot of I've gotten a lot of emails from readers, and several of them, three of them I think, have been from uh, you know pro- pastors and ministers. In fact, yeah. and and all you know, and and so the, I, I felt like uh, they were a little surprising. The first one was, but then uh, as I had conversations with them, I I I. I I was very appreciative that that, it, it, that they didn't just say, "Oh, you're on the other side." You don't, mm-hmm. you don't. Dis- you're, you, we disagree. Sorry, I can't. I hate you. It was, yeah. it was great. So yes, I have. Yeah, Matt. I don't know if I even told you this, but when when I bought Fantasyland from your suggestion, I did not know if it was uh, a. A Christ, from a Christian perspective, I had no <laughs> idea what I was getting myself into because you you didn't tell me what it was about other than because uh, Kurt, I'm really big into conspiracy theories and all that stuff, <laughs> and these guys make fun of me about that. And honestly, your book was super like you know I've done some investigating on my own. I'm still pretty pretty much sold on JFK being a conspiracy, sure, but I'm, many of my best friends are sold on that. Yeah, and 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 reading your book though was super super eye opening, and I and I think another thing that was even helpful for me is we do a lot of what some people see as church bashing on well, the show. We don't see it that way because we actually love the church and just see a bunch of stuff that's wrong with it. But what uh, what amazed me is the historical tracing you did of the big tent revivals and all that sort of thing. And now I, I actually see today's megachurch culture as just the new version of what you were describing in that people flock to these these tents where because they just wanted to see the show. Yeah. And, and and the sort of characters that that were the central figures in this stuff, they seem like slime balls. I mean, they just seem like guys that were about themselves and about uh, attracting people and getting money and all that. But I, you just, it was, it's unbelievable how you trace things back historically and then just walked us through each step and just, but how would you, like if someone said, Hey, what, what point were you trying? What what point were you trying to make with fantasy land? Like, how would you wrap that up? How would you answer that? Yeah, I didn't. I mean, it really started. Didn't I? Didn't start out with, oh, here's my theory, and here's my point. I, I started out wondering. Oh, I had a bunch of different questions over the last bunch of years, uh, including why are why are Americans so much more religious in particular ways than other people anywhere in the developed world? Why why is that? And and so that was one of my questions. Uh, uh, you know how. how and, and 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 why in all these other ways, you know, believing that, you know, uh, in, in, in a lot of conspiracy theories that aren't true, um, that, that, you know, we're not unique in that, but we, 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 especially in the last 25 years or so, have become much more defaulting in that direction than other people, you know, in the, what we used to call the civilized world. Um, uh, you know, the, 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 the you know, my friends who who suddenly decided ten years ago they weren't going to vaccinate their children. Like what? What? <laughs> so 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 there there were lots of things that I and I. So it wasn't like I had a unified theory. It was like, oh, what? Why is this? Why? What is this? Why is America? Why are Americans exceptional and not necessarily in this great, mean, <laughs> good ways? Yeah. Uh, and so. I, 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 you know, I, I started, I just started tracing it back and I, I didn't know very much about this. You know, I, I was, 
you know, I, I am, uh, you know, I, I went to Sunday school a bit and went to church a bit, but I was not raised in a very religious household. And I didn't know anything about, you know, the history. I knew what I knew from growing up in Nebraska in the 1960s, but I didn't know much about the history. And, and so as I began reading and saw, wow, everything in America always has been entertainment and entertainment becomes everything. Mm -hmm. That became a big part of my, like, not theory, but like my understanding of how, how, how this, a lot of, how this has all come to be. And, uh, you know, the early, you know, who the pilgrims were and stuff. I, I knew what I knew from fifth grade or second grade, you know? Right. So, so yeah, uh, the, 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 the I mean, I knew, I mean, I'd been to, you know, school, I knew what I knew, but I, the, the, once I had this sort of basic idea, why, why, why are Americans so devoted to thinking they can believe anything they want? Don't tell me I can't. It's true if I feel it's true. Why is that? So that, mm -hmm. I was just, that was the question. And I began exploring the various factors that led us to that. Well, there's yeah, one point in there. Listeners, this is not a book that, focuses only on religion in America. This is focusing on America in general and just how apt people he are to to just believing anything. I mean, from I, I love what you talked about with the gold rush and like for a while there people were moving out there and, and getting some gold, but then it got to the point where it was almost impossible, but people were still flocking out there because they were like, well, I'll get gold. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, I, exactly, and 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 it, I I found out about I, I wrote a novel set in that time in, out there in the gold rush, and it, you know it was over in like a couple of years. Yeah, you could get rich pretty easily for a couple of years, but but it didn't stop. And and even then, before that, like the the the, the first you know English settlers who weren't the Pilgrims who were down in the South in Virginia, they didn't find gold. They came here for gold. Oh, whoops, sorry about that. Uh, no problem. <laughs> and the, uh, the 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 settlers, the first settlers in the South in the 1600s, they came absolutely expecting gold, gold and silver for the taking, for the plucking off the dirt had been advertised to them, and they didn't find it. They didn't find it. They never found it for 20 years, <laughs> but they kept coming and dying and believing it. So uh, you know, we we kind of. The, the, for a long time, those first Americans, and then Americans for a long time who came here, who became Americans, uh, self-selected for for mm -hmm. a certain amount of like, hey, I believe it. If you tell me it's true, I'll believe it because it sounds good. So uh, yeah, uh, and and uh, that 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 wanting to believe the impossible, which again has its great sides. Yeah, you that, know? totally, and, and and it is part of what truly has made America great. It's just like it has some unfortunate sides as well. The one way that you put it in the book is you say when you mix, if you take epic individualism, mix it with extreme religion, blend show business with everything, then let that steep and simmer for effort and then go run it through the anything goes 60s and then the internet <laughs> explosion. And this is what you get. This is, is not as crazy. But I, I mean, it's so exciting if you think about it from the regard of – America is a special place that it is different because the people that came here are those type of people. 
It's us. We came because we're the dreamers or something or the fools right. or the entrepreneurs that are going to figure it out or the creatives that are going to make it happen, but also the fools and it's all intermingled. It's not the same group. Some of the, some people are foolish at one thing or are smart at another thing, but we all have that in common as Americans kind of fundamentally. That's just so, it's such an exciting thought. Well, and, 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 and all of our, most of what I'm talking about are in moderation and mm-hmm. in proper control and everything else. Are, are our strengths. Mm-hmm. It's just when it gets out of control and, well, no, I'm going to believe that, you know, this uh, picture on my desk is going to rise up and, uh, you know, cure my cancer or whatever crazy thing you're going to believe. I mean, is, is it, it, when it gets out of control, it's too much. So, you know, I, I, you know, I, I don't have, I, I don't mean it to be like a self-help book, saying, well, your strengths can become your weaknesses if you don't keep them under control. But that's kind of one of the, my takeaways from this history. Yeah, so you, it, uh, I, I, don't, I don't expect you to remember every finite detail of your book, but you, you probably do. Do you rem- remember, Brandon, <laughs> something like Chris Farley, do you remember when uh, the chocolate chip cookie dough do you remember bringing that up? And I forgot the significance, but I remember, oh my gosh, what 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 point were you making there? Well, that was part one of my, you know, one of my uh, little smaller parts of this uh, whole theory and this idea is is how starting with my generation, you know, I, the baby boomers who who like refused refused who once they became grown up said, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not a grown up like my mom and dad. I still. I'm still wearing blue jeans. I'm still wearing sneakers. I'm I'm still listening to rock music. All that stuff. That that was for better or worse invented by my generation. And 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 you know, you could be a child forever. And and I just remember, I mean as a kid, I used to buy when they, you know, started selling in in those tubes, uh, that chocolate chip cookie. I used to just buy that and eat it raw. Me Great. too. But it was like this weird thing that this weird sweet tooth kid was doing when they started selling it in ice cream and to, to adults i that was just another little detail to me of like wow you know if you want to pretend you're still 16 and you're 50 go ahead <laughs> i need to talk to my wife about that one for sure and and i i i found also pretty interesting just the amount of of people that like adults that do civil war reenactments and it's it's like oh if i want to do playtime and pretend i can do playtime and pretend <laughs> yeah. no and, and of course you know civil war reenactments i mean that began you know a long time ago but now that every every war cosplay present and furries are, is reenacted and people yeah. spend you know thousands and thousands of dollars and days and days on end uh doing that so yeah yeah and again any individual thing, like, okay, fine, go ahead, dude, whatever makes you happy. But once you start seeing it in this in this whole, as connected, as all these different ways everybody is play acting and doing make-believe all the time, it, it you know, I, I became a kind of conspiracy theorist kind of not myself like wow it all connects man <laughs> yeah how, how do you see how do you see this mentality complemented by technological advancements as far as genetic engineering and uh robots and and sex robots and and just all sorts of stuff how do you do you see it like a perfect recipe for disaster uh well uh potentially yeah i don't know so much about the genetic engineering is a is 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 a different 
uh, potential disaster, I suppose. And and I'm not that worried about that yet. But but like you know, augmented reality and 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 virtual reality, and just the stuff we're already seeing, just the 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 things I've seen just in the last couple of years since 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 I wrote this book of how now videos can be made of you saying things you never said, but by God, it looks like you saying them. And it's not just, and, 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 and when I was finishing the book, I, there was audio versions of that. Thought, wow, that's scary. But now there are video versions. So mm-hmm. that, uh, yeah, that, I mean, the, the, you know, there's, so there's already this cultural inclination to, 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 to make the lines between reality and fantasy blurry. There's a lot of ways in which technology uh, makes that even more scarily possible. I mean, and and just the internet itself, you know, allows people, you know, again, great. I, I'm not going to say the internet's bad. I use it. I couldn't do my work without it. On and on and on. But it also allows people who believe in untrue things to create their little internet, you know, worlds where. Everybody mm-hmm. agrees that this thing is true. And look at all these things that look like facts that prove it. Right. You know? All right, guys, got to take a little pause here, but it is a pause well worth your time checking in with our friends at Tooth and & Nail. And they got a band that's at it again. You've heard them. You've heard about them on this podcast. They're called Silent Planet, and they've got a single that we are eager for you to hear. Check it out. Find me in the silence. a song called In Absence, the newest single from Silent Planet, which is a part of the new album, When the End Began, which comes out November the 2nd. These guys are heading on tour this fall with Straight from the Path, Kublai Khan, and Grey Haven. So check to see if they're coming through your town in October and November. And you folks out in Europe, they're going to be touring out in y'all's neck of the woods through November and December. So uh, check out their dates as well to see if they're coming close to you. And then obviously Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you stream or buy music, listen to this song in absence right now. And don't forget, follow their profile so you don't miss any new music from these guys. 
that's on the way. You can pre-order the record now on iTunes or head to the band's Absolute Merch Store and check out all the various pre-order bundles they have. So, When the End Began hits Earth on November the 2nd, and it's Silent Planet's best work yet, guys, so don't miss it. One of the funniest things to me is you point out that you get this hilarious routine of people saying, well, if they can believe that, then I can believe this, as if that had anything to do with whether something's true or not. Like yeah. you, you, the more absurd, other people have these crazy views, and it happened a few weeks ago. I was thinking like those white right-wing conspiracy theories are that way. And we had the, the story about the lady at the Kavanaugh hearing a while back, and she was making the white power symbol or whatever. It's just like, so now you can go make up crazy conspiracies too because they do it? But it's crazy, right? But that 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 is a great example of, of like, what you know, I mean, you think, oh, okay, crazy right-wing, blah, blah, blah. But look, there was a whole 24 hours where people who should know better were on the internet saying, no, look, she's making the white power symbol. Right. Well, it's only two fingers, not three, but still. No, it, it's contagious. And and and, and it, it, it is, as I say, it's like the twisted golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. This is believe what they're believing, you know, or, 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 or be disregard <laughs> actual evidence the same way they are. It's, it's bad. So let's talk so, about the so, overlap between conspiracy theories and uh, fundamentalism and religion, because it seems like there's a big tie there. Well, there is. And, and both, uh, I mean, th- there are, there are scholars and academics who have looked at, uh, you know, just looked at people who are, are, are more inclined to believing in conspiracies they're, they're not exclusively uh, fundamentalist Christians, but there is a real overlap there. Um, uh, and, and I don't even say necessarily fundamentalist Christians. Well, maybe I would, or evangelical. Once you have this religious idea about um, that this fantastic, uh, essentially, conspiracy theory about, you know, Satan and his minions and, and – uh, and the Antichrist and how the world's all going to end, you know, the day after tomorrow, uh, according to this plan that I'm discerning from the book of Revelations, among others, that, that you know, that is a conspiracy theory, uh, the, the ultimate conspiracy theory of a certain kind. And, and, and as soon as you start having ideas that everything is, everything that happens, happens for a reason, and this means that, and this means that, and I can figure out what this means here, even though nobody else is read the Bible in that way, you know, those are the habits of mind that, that can tend toward, uh, conspiracy theories, you know? Uh, so that's, that's, that's an overlap, you know? Um, but it's not, but it's also people who believe that they were abducted by aliens, you know, that, that's a, that's for people who aren't religious at all. Uh, Mm -hmm. that, that can, that has been, and can be a great kind of, uh, entryway, uh, drug, if you will, to to uh, to believing in conspiracies. <laughs> so, so are we uh, taught to be this way? Then, like, is this just passed down from generation to generation? And is it 
Like for me, I thought like when y'all were talking about the gold rush thing, I felt like that it described me exactly with uh, cryptocurrency. Everybody <laughs> exactly. was getting yeah, everybody word. was getting rich, and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm going to miss out. I'm going. I need to. I need to. I didn't put in that much. Nothing that would hurt my family. But I was like, I got to get in right now, right? So I got in last. Uh, not it might have been last December, whenever it was. And then literally a month later, you know, I'd lost like two hundred dollars. It's like, oh, this is. And then I just thought, oh, this is boring. I didn't lose that much money and whatever, and, but I was so into it for just this little bit of time because the hope was so appealing. Like, and I, the, I mean, with your book, are you saying like, does that come from the, the idea of there has to be something more? Like, there has to be something because I'm not just satisfied with this my life. Well, yeah, that's part of it, and, I, and, and there's a, and you know, again, like I say, there's a good side and a bad side. All these things, and it's like this American optimism and mm-hmm. wishfulness and like, well, if I buy some Bitcoin, I'm going to get rich. What's right. easy, you know? And, and, uh, and so it's, it's part of that. And, and also in, in that case, I think, I don't know, maybe you completely understand cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. I still don't. Yeah, I've I read don't. articles about it. I've talked to people who understand it. I still don't get it. So, so the idea that there's this secret, brilliant, dark black box thing that makes currency and somehow it'll make me rich well that that that, yeah i I think there's just a again it's not unique to america but we have a certain weakness for that kind of uh that kind of belief and Mm -hmm. and you know taught i mean taught in all kinds of ways not taught just by our parents or 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 schools at all probably but but by the culture and 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 just uh um you know and 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 somewhat by parents I, i i mean i i think uh uh, we're, we're taught in all kinds of ways uh, to to uh, believe whatever we want. It's, I quote in, at the beginning of the book. I quote uh, Stephen Colbert talking about truthiness, which he this you know joke concept he, inv- he he introduced on his first episode of the Colbert Report. But that's really what it is. It's no no no. Forget the books. Forget facts. I believe it here. And 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 that combined with just the I want to believe that the new world is full of gold. I want to believe that I'm going to move there. And, uh, you know, Jesus is going to appear to us here at our theocracy in a few weeks, and it's all going to be good. I, I want to believe these adventures and these amazing things. And, and, and whether we're religious or not, or whether we're like, you know, speculate, financial speculators or not, that is part of uh, who a lot of Americans are. Is it, it makes us different. From and other it's, people. it's kind of uniquely it, American, basically, is the argument. Like it's because of who immigrated here and what they were seeking. I mean, because it almost gets to a genetic thing there. Like I, a lot of our genetics, they, they say our general disposition is yeah. largely genetic. So, yeah, well, I mean, and, and I, I would like to see that research done. I, I'll tell you, I searched and searched for, you know, are, are, is there something. <laughs> genetically or neurobiologically otherwise different about us and that stuff hasn't been done but yeah it, it it runs pretty deep i think and and you know and again we now have you know we are a nation of immigrants we came from elsewhere last 50 years suddenly we're now almost as full of immigrants as we were 100 years ago i i gotta believe that the people who 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 go through hell to get here and greater hell than ever to get here as immigrants they're also like no, right. They're like us too. They, yeah, they're made here. Yeah, my life is going to be great. They so get I, on a I, raft and come over here. That's so exciting. Like, I mean, I, I I resonate with the optimism part here. You know, like well, yes, exactly. you got on the exactly. raft. You it, made it. Optimism is great until it <laughs> until it uh, until it gets insane. 
Yeah. See, I'm the I'm the absolute worst because the sorts of conspiracies that I've kind of fallen prey to, I don't want them to be true. But I'm like, oh, I really hope that our presidents didn't have anything to do with 9-11. And I really hope Lyndon B. Johnson didn't have anything to do with the JFK assassination. And I, I mean, I've I've watched videos and I, I think they're super interesting. But one thing that that always gets me and you you three can all knock me around here. But what if one of these conspiracies is true? And what if some of the people there, because the people they're interviewing seem to like, hey, I was actually there. I know what happened to JFK's body. I know that it was off the grid when it shouldn't have been. And then when I spoke up, I didn't get a voice. I was told to be quiet. And I mean, isn't there a chance that conspiracies can be snuffed out? Well, that's that's a question. My, my inclination to not believe in that kind of massive conspiracy always comes down to the fact that I've worked in enough places and been around long enough that, like, you can't keep a secret. Mm, I mean, yeah. I don't care how, what, I, you know, and I've known criminals. Yeah, they, they don't keep, you know, no, no, it's really hard to keep important secrets, you mm. know, when you have more than two or three people who, who, who know those secrets. So is it possible? For sure it's possible. Um uh, but I think it's really tough. I think having a massive conspiracy, like to cover up, uh, you know, the, the government killed JFK, for instance, if right. that were true, that's really tough to do, you know? Yeah. And, and uh, now, on the other hand, you know, just to show, I'm not like, I'm not saying, uh, you know, like no crazy conspiracy theory can be true. I mean, in fact, I, I, my worry is that we, there's so many truly crazy conspiracy theories and so many conspiracy theories that we lose sight of the occasional real mm-hmm. ones, True. you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and that, uh, you know, kind of worries me. And, and as this latest Catholic uh, cover up of, of Catholic church cover up of priestly abuse showed to me, like made me think, wow, that they really did cover that up. Yeah. Really they did well. a good job with that one. I give you that. Man. And, and so, no, I, you know, they're possible. I just I just think we have to be careful of not falling into the habit of every time something bad right. be happening, like, oh, some right. evil genius uh, group is making that happen. And what's crazy, too, is the, the things that I've consumed, they really do point out things that you're like, why is that? Like, what? Yeah, but it's all entertainment-based, like, so, though. So is it example, not boiled down to that? Say, Matt? I'm saying, doesn't it all boil down to that exact thing you just said? It is just entertaining to hear. What is that? I mean, like it's sport. It's it's entertaining. That's kind of Kurt's whole yes. point is we gravitate towards entertainment first, and then maybe sure, it could sure. be. Sure, I do think it's very interesting. But but like for example, there's a lot of people that say there should have been some remains of that plane that took a nosedive in Pennsylvania. That's weird. It's like what in the world happened to all of that? That's crazy. And so, and then when you put like a dozen of those things together, it's like, man, that's a lot but, of and shit. So, and it's kind of crazy. But you could fabricate that out of something, you know, the pictures behind you and this. And that. I mean, I could fabricate something that would be interesting yeah. and suspicious well, and string it together and entertain you if it was salacious enough. But and it's I did the YouTube what, voice. Frankly, I mean, since, you know, you're, you're, you're called bad Christians. I mean, when you look at the, a lot of the, to me, the most interesting, uh, like anthropology, psychology, uh, the uh, writing and, and research about how do religions start? Why does this, thing, this set of beliefs get to be a religion and this one doesn't? Well, 
one one of the things that I find most plausible about about those those uh, professors and academics is it's the interesting story. Right. It's 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 not just like oh this rock is God. Well, that's not very interesting. Uh, it's it's the interesting stories that take off and and get and become believed and and get passed down to you know in whether it's Hinduism or or or, or Judaism or Christianity or whatever it is you know yeah so do you I, think, I, that's, that's the point I was going to say that I think is is really compelling to me is it sounds like there is always a little bit of truth in every story now we don't have the answer to tell you why like that plane Joey that you're saying. Yeah, you're right. Maybe there should, that might be actually true. There should be parts, but there probably is an explanation for it, but we don't have it the same way as like with me with Bitcoin. Definitely true that a lot of people got rich from it. Lots of people did, but that doesn't make the whole story. But the idea of building upon that one simple thing and then building the narrative of it is what is so enticing. Like, yeah, yeah, that it worked for him. Now, what if? And then then you roll with it and it's just so enticing. All the conspiracy theories to me are like that. There is some there has to be some truth, I think, a little bit in most of them. But then we then we supply the answers for that truth as opposed to what the true answers are. Yeah, that makes sense. So, Kurt, also in this, we we uh, we are not in any way defensive about this sort of stuff. So I really would like for you to give what's your perspective of Christianity. Was Jesus historical in your mind? Was, you know, were the Gospels just neat stories that everybody said, hey, let's start a religion? Like what what's your take on Christianity? Uh, well, my take on Christianity, my take on Christianity <laughs> is that definitely there was an historical Jesus Christ. Um, um, absolutely. Um, and, uh, uh, a lot of people, you know, do I, I, I can't tell you that the resurrection did or didn't happen, uh, or, or, or that the miracles that he may have, you know, uh, the Bible recounts of him performing were really miracles. I, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I never seen any, see my, you know, I've never seen anything like that. So like, eh, I don't know. I've never seen that happen. I've never really heard, seen pictures of that happening or any, so maybe that was true 2000 years ago. I don't know. Um, so my belief is he was a great, uh, extraordinary, uh, person and moral teacher and, and, you know, risk taking rabble browser and, and all those things. Um, but I, I, for better or worse, uh, I, I I require evidence better than the Bible uh, mm-hmm. to uh, to believe that he's the Son of God and you know uh, was resurrected. Do you so, consider yourself predominantly a, a rationalist? Is that is that maybe? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Although I, I I yeah, although uh, I, I I do. Although I I also uh, as I talked about in the book a little bit, I I, I seek out like I want to be amazed and awestruck and find mist and and to me you know i i read a lot of physics and and theoretical physics because i think it, it gives me a sense of just the awesome mm-hmm. wonder of existence uh that i don't really understand and and nor do the physicists really understand that i i think the feeling that gives me as i'm searching for some glimpse of ultimate truth about how we got here and why, if there's any reason why we're here, it, you know, it's not unlike religious people, mm-hmm. Christians, the good Christians, uh, searching for like, what is this all about? I mean, it's, it's just a different way to me of, of, of searching for 
uh, what's this all about? So, Mm -hmm. yeah, but basically I'm a, I'm a rationalist, but I I try not to take that to an extreme either. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you picked up on this or or not, but exactly how Kurt described Christianity as far as I don't, I don't haven't seen any evidence. You, that sounded exactly how you talked to me about stuff, except you believe in Jesus. That's what's so weird. Give me a shot. That's the only exception, you piece of shit. That's the only exception. (laughs) Well, let me explain to Kurt what, (laughs) just, I I, I doubt that he's familiar enough with the show to know what the audience is like and all this, but this is really fertile, good, perfect conversation for us. Joey's actually a pastor at an evangelical, almost fundamentalist type megachurch. Uh, I consider myself a rationalist that has about one irrational belief, and that's that I'm kind of have the suspicion that Jesus is real, and that's about as far as I can. That's about as all as Christian as I can be right now. <laughs> but I basically consider myself a rationalist, and it, it, pretty much think the what you think about everything. And then you know, Toby's this whole other person, and our whole audience is some mixture in between, and we call bad Christian, and we kind of we all were in a fundamentalist type, really tight upbringing and all of us are also moving away from that direction your book's been really fun to kind of explore that especially because there's this whole thing you know sub theme in there that that you think over time people become more rational and we get more figured out we're less prone to magical thinking now we have medicine now we have science but on the other hand it seems like a lot of this is ramping up and getting worse well yeah it it is and 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 it was i mean from from you know that from for most of the 20th century until the 60s and 70s you know it was you know rationalism was on the rise right mm-hmm. i mean and 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 you know america was america had always been different in this stuff in in its in the in the you know kind of ex, it's 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 tendency toward extreme christianity than the rest of the christian world um, but you know, in the 20th century, it seemed to be going okay. This is more of a med. These are metaphors. These are allegories. Eh, maybe, maybe it happened. Maybe it didn't. Whatever. Jesus is still great, and we're still Christian. Mm-hmm. Well, then you know, the rest of the world kept going in this other direction, and like you know, my Danish friends who go to church every week are Christians, but they don't believe, uh, you know, in faith healing or speaking in tongues or or you know. Uh, uh, the millennium happening anytime soon, <laughs> or if ever. But right. you know, I mean, there's so there's w- those ways to be Christian still exist, but less and less mm-hmm. uh, in in the United States. So um, uh, we were going in a certain direction, and 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 uh, no, and as I said, that's part of part of the the quest that began became this book was like, why is that? Why is that? Why are we so different? And and even than Canada, like. I you, I could do I could have done a whole book and I thought I've thought about it I'm not going to do it but like all the ways like here we are Canada's there we're here we're you know I can't tell the difference between an American and a Canadian right I mean they're they're us they mm-hmm. but they are you know they it, this way and so many of the ways I outlined in Fantasyland they aren't like us so what is that about mm-hmm. uh, so I, I you know I I don't know um, uh, people do people want to believe. Uh, in purpose, people want to believe somehow that this isn't just a random chance that life exists and we're here. But uh, um, that's my, you know, I, again, I, I, I try not to be, I don't call myself an atheist because that to me implies like, no, I I, I believe it. I, I can, it cannot be disproven mm-hmm. to me. It cannot be right. proven to me that there's God or that Jesus is our, your save, our savior or any of the rest. 
no, maybe it can be. I'm just waiting for the proof. Yeah. Um, whereas, whereas when you say you're an atheist, it's like, no, I, I, I don't have that much conviction that there's no God or no yeah. Jesus or whatever. It's been really interesting to me, and I guess I've just, I think it's probably been brewing for a while, but I feel like I've just noticed it, especially probably maybe even on, I'm going to say five, maybe in the last three to two years. The church used to, uh, when we're talking about God, did use God as a way to control people and censor people in a way, your language, your sex life, all of these things. Now I see the same uh process is being used outside of the church mm-hmm. to control, like to censorship, to control people. Uh, you can't say this because I believe this way. So you have to conform to the way I am. Uh, it, it, I, I don't know if they didn't, un, if people didn't see this coming or what, but it, it feels like if you take extreme right and extreme left, there's almost no difference. It, it's, it's similar to what you were saying about Canada. It's not the geography. We're all, it's like we're the same people, but we're way different. But in this instance, the people on, coming from both sides are using these crazy ways to censor, and it is based on a little bit of belief. It's not science. It's like, hey, I am this way, so you must be this way now around me or whatever it might be. It's really well, strange. And, and it's interesting. When, I mean, you know, the ways in which the, le- the, the left and the right meet and it becomes full circle, it, it is, does happen. And like when I see, you know, I mean, like, no, 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 I'm not going to let this person speak at my college or in my town or whatever, like, what? Wait, the enlightenment <laughs> and free speech are supposed to be, no, nope, that's, that's beyond the pale. And, and, uh, and, and, and again, back to the thing of like, well, if he can do that, I can do this. If he can believe that I can do this. I, I that it, you, you see that happening when like, Oh, you commie atheist, you can't speak here at my college. Well, uh, okay. I, I don't, that that's wrong. Well, you, you, uh, right wing, racist, whatever you can't, and you know, I, I, I mean that that, you know, telling people they can't, uh, they aren't allowed to speak, um, is uh, you know, it it just it, the, the the extremes egg each other on. You know? so, and, but it's funny because they're actually using belief. They're yeah. saying, I don't know anything about you, but I believe you are a racist, or I believe you are <laughs> a, a belief l- liberal libtard idiot. You're going to try to take my money, you know, like like they are literally using yeah. the well, language I am of a belief. Card, and there are a lot of racists. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. There is some truth in what they're saying, but they're actually using the language of belief to say, I don't really know much about you, but I'm going to say you're this, yeah. or you can't speak in front of me because I am this or whatever. It's, very it's religious like, replacement, it's, don't you think, Toby? Like a lot of people have yeah, left the church and then they're fundamentalists in other ways. And there's this other effect of cults. I talked to a cult guy on a podcast once, and he said there's this effect of cults where they can only increase in fantastical views because the people that say, wait a minute, that's kind of goofy. Well, those people leave the individual cult or church or sect or whatever, only leaving Church of God of Prophecy that believes the craziest of the crazy because they've separated from the people that didn't believe as crazy as them. Because right. those people are like, well, well you're getting that, a little white. And that's wacky. one of the ways. That's one of the ways in terms of religion mm-hmm. and Protestant religion, Protestant Christianity, that America is different. You know, in 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 you know, you had the Church of England, big state church. You know, didn't allow for all these little spinoffs. Church of Norway didn't allow for all these little spinoffs. America, no, start your own church. <laughs> Go for <laughs> it. Plant a church. Go start your own church, and 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 that entrepreneurial like whatever you want, whatever you think. You can find fifty or a hundred or ten thousand people to believe it, and that's all you need. go for it. Yep. You got your church, and that—that's that history and that that way that uh, you know Protestantism has 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 existed here and developed here 
is all the difference in the world. But we're doing the same thing now in every aspect of niche, and we're doing it without the Bible. Like, there's, you know, which I'm not even defending the Bible there and saying we all need to stick to the Bible. I'm not saying that. I'm saying still we have religious-like communities forming, refining, becoming more extreme, and feeling more and more confident all the while that they're right on. And that's in social justice circles and political ideologies and all those things. They're increasing in that way. They're, we're building religious structures and stuff just you know without correct. the without the deity part Cor- correct and 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 this wonderful technology we're using right now enables that to happen as it never could have happened before 1995 well, you know? last thing i want while we have a minute with you here is you, you're critical even and saw this all brewing and one of the things that you're critical of is uh the entertainment itself and the talk show hosts and the radio hosts and stuff like that i was wondering if you could help us with some of that criticism and then you know, as it pertains to us, I mean, we're just some podcast of people running our loud mouths and people like our personalities, and here we are, you know. Yeah, but as as I've experienced, as I when I listened to you before I agreed to do this, and, and as I've experienced today, you know, this is exactly what open ended, friendly, civil discourse should be. You know, you're not saying, uh, and in fact, my my, my publisher or some somebody I talked to, I, I'm going this bad Christian thing. Oh, they're probably going to attack you, right? I, yeah. I said, I don't, maybe, but I don't think so. Uh, so no, this is good. Uh, but uh, uh, when it's when it's uh, somebody you know with with just a particular you know axe to grind, they're not interested in mm-hmm. like finding out new ideas or having a conversation. If you're, you know, whomever you are, if you're Rush Limbaugh or whatever, you're just, you're out there to make your millions of dollars by appealing to the people who know what they're going to get from you saying the right. same thing every day. Right. And uh, rather than like, well, I never thought of it that way. I mean, no, no. so, so that's a different kind of, 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 of media problem. Um, but I, you know, it's not just uh you know, talk radio or, or, or political TV or podcasts, you know, it's, I mean, reality TV, for instance, mm-hmm. where, you know, I mean, just the very name, it's it, most of it is so unreal and so scripted. And, and I, 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 you know, I don't want to overstate any one piece of my, my argument, but like, you know, we've now had 20, you know, 30 years practically of reality TV as though, you know, these semi-scripted set up, you know, basically improvised dramas are regarded as reality in some way or documentary. Again, it's, right. is it the worst thing in the world? No, but it's one, it's just another way in which the media has, has made the difference between, you know, fact and fiction blurry or, you know, you, you go on the history channel, you know, and see documentaries about mermaids. And aliens, what? Ancient aliens. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and uh, so no, channel. I mean, and, and in those cases too, like, you know, you guys said before, I mean, there's a buck in it, you know, I mean, did the people at, at National Geographic or History or whatever, all these legit cable channels putting on shows about ghosts and mermaids really <laughs> believe in ghosts and mermaids? No, but they knew that, you know, people would find it entertaining and a lot of people do believe it. And so like, yeah, go with it. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's why it. you have stuff like Bigfoot is a big TV show, you know, finding Correct. Bigfoot or whatever. Well, that's interesting. Can, you said that. I, I didn't, to, I've never even put that together, but. We've even made reality fantasy. Yep. Re- reality TV show is a fantasy. It's, it's not, not real. Reality, it is right. scripted. It's a complete fantasy that is not how people actually live. And we speak but now of it as reality. We're watching yeah. it. We're watching it as is, if it is real. 
Precisely. They're just more wealthy or, or it, it's still that longing thing. Oh man, if I could live like the Kardashians, oh boy, man, look, they're crazy. They're rich and they're beautiful and they're all this stuff. What, and it, we just end up being, being voyeurs of something because it, it fills that need of wanting a fantasy or something. In well, our and social media enables you to feel like you're, I'm kind of friends with Kim Kardashian. Right. Look, right. I get to see what you, <laughs> right. you get to pretend that too. <laughs> Well, hey, people can go to KurtAnderson.com. He's also a radio host of Studio 360. He's got about 600,000 listeners all over the country. And I'm checking out, you've got some uh, short fiction, one book called Memories of the Gore Administration, just all sorts of interesting stuff. I think we're barely scratching the surface of all the stuff that we could get from Kurt Anderson. So KurtAnderson.com. You guys really do need to read Fantasyland. Also, Kurt, the... Uh, nice woman at the bottom of the screen that you see. She keeps texting me. She she wants me to tell you turn or burn. Her name's Reva. She's our producer, and she just wants you to uh, know turn or burn. I don't even know what that means. I'm glad you don't. I thought it was just something I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Fantasyland's been a big book for me, Kurt. So I just want to say thank you. The, t- the full title is How yeah. America Went Haywire: A 500 Year History, and it reads like that. You just hear 500 years of what we've been That's up cool. to leading to this moment, and it's it's a it's a thrill. So thank you very much, Kurt. Thank what, you guys. What, uh, you, made, you made my day. Thank you. What's your next big project? Um, I'm in the middle of working on it. I, I uh, it's uh, it's. I wouldn't call it a sequel of Fantasyland, but it's kind of okay. Here, here's the 500 years. Here, where here's where we are. Where do we go from? How do we how do we make make this place better? Well, we'd awesome. love to have you back when it when it's coming out. So ha- happy to happy to be back. Awesome. Thank you, Kurt. I hope you have a good day. See ya. See ya. Well, that was a terrific pleasure to get to talk to an author that you already like. Yeah. And he's sure. like, well, they're normal people, you know. Yeah. I always take that as a compliment, you know, because I know that people perceive religion christianity certain way and i know how he perceives it because i read the daggum book but i think it's neat that he saw us in a way that he was like no i feel pretty sure these guys are a certain way where his publicist was like they're probably going to want to attack you give you the third degree he said he listened and whatever but the um i think it's interesting when i think of like in this job or role that we're at we do get to brush up against people like this is hard for me to get a grip on, but I think of somebody like him as an intellectual class person, a writer, base, and I'm not saying he's rich or anything, but he is, by most any standards, you'd say an elite person. Yeah. Like an influential, very smart, successful public intellectual yeah. or whatever. Like that's a realm that I get to somehow interact with right. or something. And there's on some level, I suppose. You know, I'm an influential person or above average in whatever ways. But I, I always wonder when people talk about the elite, like, where is that line? And then yeah. what is it like for an elite person? You know, if, I mean, it's not a real category. I don't think people, the people that are elite, I don't think they think of themselves as such. Yeah. But I'm wondering, maybe they do, though. Right. Like, where do they go? Yeah, I'm going to talk to these dummies. Right. But right. it'll be good for for me. <laughs> or is it like, wow, I'm in the world and I'm actually getting to hobnob and have good conversations with the elite influential people in the world. I don't right. know which it is right. that, or how to look at it. And certainly I don't think I'm that. It's just, am I close? Is that a layer? Is it a whole nother universe? Is it, uh, I mean, what is it? What's the difference yeah. in somebody like you right. and somebody like him? Right. Is it a big gap or a little gap? I'd say a really big gap. <laughs> <laughs> hey, real quick, before we move on to what Toby personally would call the most important part of this podcast. I think most of America would say okay, that. Okay, most of America. Maybe you're right. Probably I'd the like world. To- 
I'd like to tell you guys. They need it. I'd like to remind you about thebcclub.com. It is what all of our bad Christian listeners are being tempted to do every single week because they listen to this podcast episode and they're like, I need more. And then they hear me or Matt or Toby say, you can get two more episodes a week. Good Lord. That even feel maybe a little more loose than what you're listening to right now. I wouldn't say better, although some people do say that they are better. But anyway, these folks have joined for that extra content as well as discounts on conferences, uh, books when they come out for free, depending mm-hmm. on what level. You get t-shirt in the mail, a welcome packet. Uh, all sorts of stuff. Go to thebcclub.com and read up on it. And these folks we have just joined. That's Nick. We have Evan Culkins, Nicholas Grimes, Jordan Fish, Tony Kelly, Dylan Matthews, Gabby or Gaby. I've never seen Gabby spelled like Gaby, but it's G-A-B-Y. So sorry, Gabby. I'm thinking it's Gabby instead of Gaby, but it looks like Gaby just because of the English rules that I have been taught. But that's Gabby Hartman, Dean Atkinson, what's Mm. up, man? Danny Edgington, Leslie Plett, Mokel Patton. I'm going to guess it's Michael, but it's spelled Mokel Patton. So either Michael Patton, P-A-T-T-O-N, or Mokel. It's It's Mike Patton from Faith No More. Good Lord. Looks like Mokel Patton. Natasha Jenkins, David Harris. James C. Holton, Zach Norris, Elise Foley, Jeremy Ham, Brad Mills, David Beck, and Benjamin Hannigan. That's a lot of names. Boom. We're getting all caught wow. up. All right, hit the news music. In a world where you try to explain needs and wants and the differences of those, and all Joey can think to say is... He needs a pizza. My name's Toby hey, Morrell. Talk about I haven't eating. eaten a pizza in a, in, since August. The same thing as saying literally. I know what you mean. Anyway, I'm depressed after that. I couldn't even hardly listen to Kurt. Y'all bummed me out on the whole <laughs> thing. Did we really? Yeah, you really bummed me out. Oh. I don't feel like I got to a fair shake. I feel that way all the no, time eat shit. at the urinal. Eat shit. This is my segment. At the you urinal, had your fucked I up shake. segment. Have you ever like zipped it back up and then you dribble again? That's not a fair shake. Now I think this is kind of crazy story here, and I got a roving reporter, Chris Berseth, nice guy, Minnesota. How do you know he's Murders. nice? You might be right. Have you really gotten to know him well enough you to be might able to make be that right. assessment? I, I give everybody in the BC Club a pass, no matter what. They can say the worst thing they've ever done to me, and I go forgiven. That's not true. You talk. Don't behind. even care. No. The Hortons. This isn't good dialogue. <laughs> Murdered man's body found after tree, unusual for the area, grew from a seed in his stomach. Ew. A missing man who this was murdered. And, and, and this comes from the mirror. A missing man who was murdered more than 40 years ago has been found after a seed from a fig in his stomach grew into a tree. Amet Hergun was <laughs> killed. Was killed. Yes, it is killed during the conflict between Greek uh, Cypriots and the Turkish ship Cypriots in 1974. But his body remained undiscovered for decades. It was eventually discovered because the tree which grew from him was unusual for the area. Incredibly, <laughs> the dead man had been taken into a cave with two others, and both of them had been killed by dynamite that was either that was then thrown in after them. So they were in a Whoa. cave, dynamite thrown after them, they were killed. 
That's how this guy died back then. It's like a cartoon. Uh, yet the dynamite also blew a hole in the inside of the cave, allowing light to flood into the darkened interior, which in turn allowed the fig tree to grow from the man's body. Up to 200,000 people were displaced in that conflict. His sister, 87-year-old Murner Hergerner. <laughs> Murder de Herner? M-U-N-U-R, which is Murner. And her last name is H E R G U N E R. So it could be manure, <laughs> manure, <laughs> Murner Hergerner is what I like to say. Uh, we used to live in a village with a population of 4,000. I don't know. This is going on talking about this. For years, we searched for my brother in vain. Then they found this tree. They dug up the tree and found this guy's body. And they Isn't found his crazy? body and DNA and tested it. Yep. Wow. Yep. So it said while carrying out his research and digging around the tree, he was the, the guy that found him was horrified went to find a human body. Isn't that crazy? The tree was spotted by in 20, 2011 by a researcher who was curious as how this crazy big yeah, tree. Because why would that tree right. be here? Because there's no way for yeah. it to be, but yeah. there's only That's, in somebody's uh, Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So think about how bizarre that is when you see something weird and it might was caused by something super strange. And that's why that did, weird thing yeah. is there. Did they remark on the decomposition? Like, was it sealed tight to where he had not decomposed as much as a natural carcass would have? Well, I said on the digging bones, further, right? uh, they dug up further, and there was three three bodies there. So mostly bones, but probably some other stuff yeah. can stay. I guess. I don't yeah. Know. I mean, here's yeah. a we here's a really spooky thought: is when they made the original Cooper River bridges in Charleston, the guys that were pouring. Um, the concrete in for the, what do you call them, drivers that go way Pylons. Yeah. They actually, there were at least two guys that fell in with it. And, they and just, so they fall in, they get immediately sealed. And yeah. so they're perfectly preserved men in the in 1920s the that are just... In the bridge. Perfect, perfectly yeah. conserved. Yeah. That's unreal. Like if you got in there and got them now, they'd be... in. Finds as their air sealed and everything. It's like in a yeah. vacuum bag. Or I mean, something. but right. it's, it's super similar to someone that dies where it's completely frozen. Like they fi- right. they find right. someone like frozen, from right. 400 BC yeah. that was pretty much right there with his flesh and mm-hmm. everything because he was under a bunch of ice. Yeah, that that kind of stuff intrigues me. I can't sleep. It's so interesting. The preservation of yeah, just yeah. thinking. Uh, you know, or or just someone when they die. That age of their body is forever on pause. Like a someone that committed suicide in my high school class, she'll always be sixteen. Like that's mm. just weird. That's true. But or she's gone forever and didn't matter. Do we have time for any more news, or is that it? Uh, we always have one time. more news. Okay. So that one involved a story about dynamite. How about another dynamite story? Okay. Okay. Oh, this good is a times, dynamite with JJ. Story. <laughs> Uh, and this comes from roving <laughs> reporter Aaron dynamite, Eaton. Dynamite. 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 Man, I love that show. Oh, um, this so comes good. from CBS Boston and Aaron Eaton, roving reporter. Bridgeport woman mistakes uh, dy- uh, mistakes dynamite stick for a, ca- a candle and is severely injured. Oh, <laughs> Lord. A Connecticut woman mistakenly lit a stick of dynamite instead of a candle. This sounds like a uh, Warner Brothers cartoon. <laughs> the house is dark. <laughs> Boom. So I found this uh, candle. Psst. Mistakenly lit a stick of dynamite instead of a candle during a power outage oh, no. and suffered severe inju- injuries. Authorities said it was this tragic accident happened to the 30-year-old mother of two on Lindley Street after thunderstorms passed through the Bridgeport area, and the family tried to go home to Home Depot to buy emergency lighting, but the store was closed. When they got back home, they went to get what they believed were candles left behind, left behind in the basement by the previous residents. Whoa. She attempted to light one of what she thought was a candle and turned out to be a quarter stick of dynamite. 
The woman was taken to the hospital with extreme injuries to her hands, and she might lose fingers. She also suffered serious facial injuries, and police said the explosion did not injure anyone else. Isn't that crazy? I'm shocked that a quarter stick of dynamite would only do that much I know. I, I, I'm kind of surprised she's alive. Yeah. You think it would have been serious internal injuries even. I don't really know what a quarter, you know, what the I mean, total maybe it was. Amount maybe she's related to the guy on Breakable. Yeah. That would be right. my guess. Yes, that's a good guess is that she's actually unbreakable. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Maybe like his sister. <laughs> yep. Man, stuff like that just destroys me though cuz she's no, just it, trying to find a candle and do this thing and then all of a sudden you you don't have fingers and your body's burnt real bad and all this. I mean, that's just you're just trying to do something. She's trying to help her family have light and that caused an unreal thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But how in the world when you moved into a house didn't you go, "Man, there's a bunch of stuff in the basement. I should totally check that out." Right. You'd feel like that those last residents could be like I don't think I can mistake a candle for uh, a stick of dynamite. A candle wax alone just would, I think, look. Was she blind, do you think? Well, it was dark. Did it say she was blind? I think she might be now. There was no light at the time, so it wouldn't matter. What? You think that's funny? You sick? I thought thought you were making a joke. I would never make a joke. I looked at you like I I have never made a joke. Anyway, that's the damn news. (laughs) All right, that's the damn news. I gave you what you needed. That's just what you need. And that's what you think you need. I want to affirm <laughs> I want to affirm you publicly and I just, don't want you to. And just say you just don't. You just I could please tell, don't. I want to affirm you. I don't want you to affirm I, me. I just want to tell you that I can tell that you tried and I appreciate it. I'm affirm him. I'm affirming you. You really did try. So thank you for trying. I wish you would have tried during Twisted Scripture. It made me lose faith in God. I was a stronger Christian before you talked about the Bible. Oh, so you trust God yeah. only when he the Bible, does it, what... For you to be able to interpret the Bible, it can't be true. <laughs> if Joey understands the Bible and can tell it to me, it isn't real. That's how you know. That's how you know. <laughs> All right, everybody go to the bcroadshow.com and join the BC Club, and we'll see you at the conference in February. We'll do uh, no more podcasts till then. Hey guys, what's going on? This is Devin. I just want to let you know about Emery's new album called Eve. You can pre-order the album right now at emerymusic.com and get an immediate digital download right away to your email. You can listen to the album in seconds after you pre-order any of the packages that we have on there from digital only to CD, t-shirt, vinyl, color vinyl, combo deals. We've got it all. So all you got to do is truck on over to emerymusic.com, check out the pre-order packages, and you get an immediate digital download to enjoy. We are excited for you to be able to hear this album. This is our seventh full-length album And it turned out so great, and we're so proud and excited. So again, grab a pre-order package, get an immediate digital download at emerymusic.com.